I've been teaching you about the Holy Spirit, and I, I have a few moments that I want to teach you right now. Will you stay? Just say yes and make me feel good. Would you do that? Yeah, we'll stay, Pastor. Okay. So, uh, Holy Spirit matters, and Holy Spirit did not come to sit down and be quiet. Holy Spirit came to get loud. Amen. Did you know? Holy Spirit did not come to just kind of sneak around. He came to be a part and to bring renewal. And, and so in our teaching uh, in this, we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Pause. I got to stop for a moment. Uh, was Jenny, we, we, we prayed for Jenny Ritchie, did we not? I want you guys to take some extra time and pray for Jenny. Would you do that? Somebody shout Jenny Ritchie. How many believe that God could set her free today? Anybody believe that? She's heavy on my heart. Would you pray extra for Jenny right now? Would you do that? Father, we pray extra for Jenny. It's just in my spirit right now. Father, pray, we pray, we petition you right now in the name of Jesus to set Jenny free, to deliver her, that she would breathe well, and you would do miracles for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's how the Holy Spirit works, just like that. Anybody ever have the Holy Spirit just put something on your heart? Anybody ever have that to happen? And you stop, drop, and pray, all right? So we are thankful for his power, thankful for his presence. But when I, when I tell you this, I want you to know that Holy Spirit is here right now because the church is ready to lead a fresh awakening. If you're looking for somebody else, you're looking for you know, someone historical to show up, I want you to know that God is leaning on the Spirit-baptized church to bring about awakening to a broken world. Yeah. Leaning on us. That's what we're here for. What would happen if in the last part of this year, if every one of you who called Jesus Lord and is filled with the Spirit would win 20 people to Jesus Christ? Say, so, well, that's just incredible. No, why not? I mean, if, if 120 got 3,000 in one day, why couldn't we do something like that? I'd also like to turn up the heat a little bit on this. I'm looking for fresh evangelism team members. Does that sound good to anybody? How many are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Anybody? Wouldn't mind telling someone, I need some fresh ones. So you can sign up, you can text, whatever you want. But I'm looking for fresh evangelism. So as I'm preaching this, the Holy Spirit jumps on you and says, you're part of that team. I'd like to hear from you. Because we're a part of this. But God doesn't just want to do this. A couple of weeks ago, and the Lord just keeps stirring this up, that he doesn't want us to have power, but he wants us to bring the power home. We're not just to have power in the church house. We're supposed to have power in our house. The gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit should be operating in your home. I remember just that thought growing up. If I did anything messy, Holy Ghost would tell my mom and daddy about it. And you think that's crazy? I don't think it is. I don't think it's so crazy. I would like for you to, and some things I told you to, to anoint your house, to anoint your spouse. Say that. Anoint your house. Anoint your spouse. Okay? Do that. And then bless your children. Do you ever pray for your children? Yeah, quietly. No, I mean, bring them into the living room and turn off the TV and lay your hands on your children and pray for them. Yes. You kids have enough memories already of you yelling and screaming in the house. They ought to have some memories of you praying for them. And then receive, make sure you receive Holy Spirit. Make sure that you know that you know that not only have you received Holy Spirit, that also you're engaging the Holy Spirit. Receive and engage. Don't just say, yeah, I got it, and put it in a box. All right? 
So I want you to continue to do this. But as I tell you these things, I want you to hear me clearly, and I want you to agree, the church must be victorious now. The church, we don't, we don't have a choice. In this day, the church must be victorious. We're in difficult times, but we will not be victorious if we are not clear about our mission, and we cannot separate mission from the message of Holy Spirit. You say, well, I got a mission. I got a plan. Okay, so that's good. The, 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 you, you have to understand that mission is connected to spirit. So I'm talking to you today, and you've seen the title already, The Spirit of the Mission. The Spirit of the Mission. And a lot of people got good spirit. You know, I'm, you know I'm, I got good spirit. No, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit of the Mission. We're looking at Acts chapter 19, and we're just kind of just just got a couple of points here, and I, I want you to embrace this particular teaching from Acts chapter 19. Uh, we hear you know these great stories about Peru and ministry development. Wayne, the guy can tell you stories all day. All right, hang out with him. All right, I th- those pictures I've been to. To uh, to Colombia, I've been to Peru. I've been, I've been, I've seen these students. I've been there, so I can vouch for it. I also want to bless Wayne that for such a long time they have not been able to meet. And when they were not in, in Peru, you weren't just quarantined; you had to stay home. And then I, I don't know, they, they alternated. Uh, men could go out like on a Monday, and then women could go out on Tuesday, and then women, men could go out on Wednesday, and then Thursday they alternated. And, and I, I don't recall all, Wayne can fill you in, talk to him while you're picking up sponsorships and things. But uh, uh, and then I believe Wayne got in trouble because he and Phyllis decided to go to the rooftop and run and somebody caught them and turned them in because you're not allowed to go out and run. I mean, imagine that, take that for a couple of years, okay? Take that. Uh, and then some of the students were actually, when the quarantine came down in Peru, they were at the, the school they had to stay at the school. They could not leave the school. So they, I mean, it was a heavy, heavy, intensive kind of quarantine that they went under. And I'm just so glad that they didn't give up, they didn't quit, but ministry continued and the church expanded. That's what we've seen at Freedom Fellowship. So I'm grateful for that. But that's, they have so many stories. And the reason is because Wayne and Phyllis took their mission seriously and the Holy Spirit inspired them. It was the Holy Spirit that spoke mission and developed mission in their life. The early church took seriously the mission of Christ. Anybody remember it? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, the the story that we're focusing on today is one of those that happened during the days when the Christian church was very young. And the story is written about a missionary uh, evangelist apostle who came to a city, which is, a, which is now part of modern-day Turkey. It was a port city, and it was famous for money and lust. Those were the two things it was most famous for, money and lust. How would you like to be famous for that? Just got a lot of money, got a lot of lust. In fact... They had a temple in this particular city that was dedicated to lust. You could go there and fulfill and worship the goddess of lust and fulfill your most lustful desire. 
It was a demonic temple that was there, and people swarmed to this particular temple. It was, you might say, well, that's kind of strange. Well, I don't know if it's so strange. I mean, I've seen some temples of lust. In my years, they used to have one. It was called the Playboy Mansion. You say, no, that was just some pictures of naked women. No, it was a demonic temple of lust led by their high priest, Hugh Hefner, who is, I believe, in hell today. I know it's not nice for preachers to talk about hell, but could I bring it up just for a moment that there really is a hell where everybody that dies, every, your favorite musician who dies is not playing lead guitar in heaven right now, all right? I just want you to understand that there is a such thing as eternal damnation. I read it in the Word of God, it's, and you could try to erase it or write a book about it, but it's still there. Lust is frightening, isn't it? I mean, you might say, well, so glad that Hefner's gone now. No, no. What you need to understand is really what happened is the empire increased. Because as you know now, wink, wink, you know now it's easier to get to the temple now because of the internet. Right? It's easier. You don't even intend to. I'm telling you, you can, be, you can just be Googling or something and boom, something will just jump up there and entice you to go away. The number of people that want to be my friend on Facebook that do not know anything about me is amazing. One of those individuals, I, I admit, here's what I do. If somebody sends me a message and I know they want me for another reason, I show that immediately to my wife. That's smart, isn't it? What do you think I ought to do, dear? Let's delete that together. I ain't playing with that kind of mess. I don't want to be in the door. I don't want to be on the front porch. I don't want to be anywhere the temple of lust. And you might say, well, pastor, you're just talking about you know, porn and stuff like that. No, no. Lust is a big deal. The temple of lust right now has flags that are flying in our cities. And they're saying, whatever you are attracted to, celebrate that. An attractional spirit is all over us. Whatever you feel, you be you. No, I don't want to be me. I want me to be dead, and I want Christ to live inside of me. I, I was born to sin, but I'm set free by the power of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're struggling that way, I love you. Don't you leave Freedom Fellowship. I love you right where you are. Welcome to freedom. We'll give you water to drink that you have never drank before. We see people set free from all kinds of things all the time. And while you're walking through the struggle, join with us. We got people who already walked through that. Don't, you can't shock me with your sin anymore. I've been doing this way too long. It's like, oh, it's that? Man, Jesus got that. All right, anyway. <laughs> now, the town that I'm talking about today was known as Ephesus. There's a book, an epistle, a letter in the Bible to, to, to the church at Ephesians from Paul. And it was filled with money and lust. Ephesus needed a revival. And so... The missionary evangelist apostle Paul came to the city and he met 12 guys who were followers of the, uh, of the powerful message of John the Baptist. Anybody love John? 
I would love to have John preach. I mean, I don't want to sit next to him or anything, but I'd love him preach. You know, the way he dressed in camel skin and all that, I just, that's cool. But, you know, I'm not going to the camel skin shop. I just think that's kind of weird. Uh, and uh, and he, they say he ate wild locusts. I've heard that those were actually a plant. But I, let me tell you about John, okay? He would eat a locust. That's how, that's, he lived in the wilderness and people were good with that, all right? And it was good that he was in the water when he baptized people. You know what I'm saying? All right, say, come on, John, let's go again. And that wasn't nice. Anyway, we love John the Baptist. There was no man greater born of women, Jesus said, than John the Baptist. But Still, John's message was a baptism of repentance. Now, we need to repent. Amen? Amen. This is great. All right? So these 12 disciples that we read about in Acts 19 and 2, John met several disciples, 12 of them there, and and he meets these guys who were really good guys. They were individuals who loved God. They were baptized differently than Paul, however. They were baptized in water unto repentance. Now, some of you think when I have a baptism that I just want to baptize you in water unto repentance. No, I want you to repent, but I also want you to know that God wants to do more in your life than just to get you to live good. I mean, truthfully, aren't there those of you who want to be good? Because there are people that want to be good that are still unable to defeat the power of darkness and walk in the power of God. So I'm walking good, but I still am powerless. See, the reason is because our baptism is about more than a change of your behavior. It is a spiritual one because without spiritual assistance... We simply lack the spiritual power to accomplish the mission that we have been given as the church. Would you say this with me? I need a spiritual baptism. See, the primary cause for the deadness and indifference in many Christians today is due to the fact that the average church member knows of Holy Spirit, but has never experienced the fullness of the Spirit in their life. I'm saying that again. The average church member knows about Holy Spirit. They got stories about, I went to one of them churches. You know, I was there. They were running, shouting, making all kinds of noise. One of those churches. Well, welcome to one of them churches. But it's not just about the yelling and the screaming because there are people that can yell and scream and run around, do flip-flops, still cannot impact their neighborhood with the gospel of Jesus. They might even be a little bit shy to go to Kroger and say, God bless you to the checkout lady, all right? That's one of the reasons we have those self-service places, so we don't have to talk to anybody anymore. See, the primary cause has to do with the fact that we have not experienced the fullness of his spirit. And, and, And further, the primary mission seems to be in the church to live better lives. I'm not against better lives. We, we want to stop being controlled by lust and greed and anger and bitterness. But notice, these disciples needed more than a baptism of repentance. And we desperately need a baptism similar. We must have a baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire in order to fulfill the mission of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So, as we looked at the gifts of the Spirit, I feel constrained today to look carefully at these guys 
and, and what Paul had to say and ask ourselves, have we permitted the Holy Spirit to fulfill his mission in our lives and through our lives? So I just want to ask you, have you, have you permitted, are you ready for the Holy Spirit to, to fulfill his purpose and mission in your life, even if it's radical? After the resurrection, after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, we are now literally at a transition of baptism. It is a, you know, we're baptized. Listen, listen to me again. We are not baptized like John baptized. Hear me, church. Get this in your head. Get this in your heart. We are not being baptized like John baptized people. We are to be baptized in water. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We are to be baptized in water, dead to sin, alive in Christ, filled with the Spirit. Look at somebody and tell them, he's telling you the truth right now. You need to pay attention. Tell somebody that. All right? So just two things. One, the Holy Spirit is on a mission to change your life. That's Matthew 28. Jesus came and he told his disciples, he said, I've given all authority, I've, I, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, I've been given all the authority. Therefore, I have the right to do this. Therefore, I'm, I'm telling you, go. And this, how many know where Matthew 28 takes place? Anybody know where Matthew 28 is? Where is it? Where are we at? Matthew 28. You've read the Gospels, right? Come on, read the Bible. Matthew 28. This is after his death, after his resurrection. And now we are at ascension. These are last words of Jesus to his disciples. How many know last words really matter? Really matter. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Say it. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, teach the the new disciples to obey all commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now notice the name of the Spirit is coupled with the name Father and Son. Name of the Father, name of the Son, name of Holy Spirit. All right, now we got to get Holy Spirit involved here. Say Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit like three times. Say it. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. I can stop. Now say Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. See, you like saying Jesus, but you struggle a little bit Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has the same essential deity as the Father and the Son. We are Trinitarian. We believe in the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God Holy Spirit. Right? He is is not some mysterious power floating around in the air. He is not the mystical power of God. He is not. That we somehow get a hold of on occasion. The Holy Spirit is a living, divine person who desires to get a hold of us, dwell inside of us, and use us constantly. He is not just like electricity, okay? If he is just a power, then we're no different than any other religion and worship who, who worship the energy of force, okay? I just feel the, the energy. There's just a really good energy here. Just stop. Stop. We're not trying to get a good energy. And would you do me another favor? Next time you see somebody with a need in their life, would you stop sending them positive vibes, okay? Just stop it. 
Don't send anybody, I don't need your positive vibes or, or good thoughts, all right? What I need you to do is fall on your face and pray in the Spirit. I need Holy Spirit involved. Well, what if I say something about the Holy Spirit? I might hurt their feelings. Or might, hey, say Holy Spirit over and over. Say it again and again and let him speak through you and use you. Stop trying to vibe everybody. Jesus. That was me. I know, but it's me. Welcome to freedom. <laughs> Going back to our teaching on the, the gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But look at verse 9 because we haven't spent a lot of time on verse 9 through 13. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. A lot of people stop there. Now read the next line. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. This statement is about Holy Spirit. And God has no, no eyes seen, no ears heard, what God has. But you can get it by his spirit. He's not saying you will never know everything. No, he's saying the Father. We, he, he said God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches everything. Even the deep things of God. Everything is accessible to Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? You understand this. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world. I'm not just trying to figure out. But we have received the spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit expressing spiritual truths in spiritual word. Read that whole verse, all right? Read 9 through 13. God doesn't just want to be around. He doesn't want to be your bud. He doesn't want to be your homeboy. He wants to dwell inside of you. He wants to reveal deep things to you. If you got this cold little religious thing going on and you're just not into prayer or worship or all of that and, and you're not, you don't know anything new from God, Get a hold of yourself, go before the Father, and say, Father, fill me with Holy Spirit and fire. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit is here on a mission, and his mission is to change us. Part of his mission is to change us and transform us. And here's the good news. He can change anyone. Holy Spirit, the terms for Holy Spirit that Jesus used get translated as counselor, comforter, Helper, how many have ever heard those, those, those scriptures in John 14, 15? If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Different translations will say helper. Another one says comforter. Uh, he, he goes on and says, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So without Jesus, you don't get Holy Spirit. And he goes on and says, all this I've spoken while, in verse, excuse me, in verse 25, all this I've spoken while still with you. So I've said a lot of things to you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, and that word is really uh, paraclete, is what it is, uh, par uh, parakletos, uh, the Holy Spirit and the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So I love I love how Christ describes Holy Spirit, but, but the word literally where it says counselor or comforter, helper, 
paraclete literally is one who is called or one who is invited to come beside of you. However, in, in Greek, it was, it's a legal term. Uh, on someone coming by you as your defender, as someone speaking on your behalf. But this Holy Spirit doesn't just speak. He speaks through you as well on your behalf. In the Latin, the word comes out this way, as advocate or this way, this specifically, advocare. Sounds like a business, doesn't it? Advocare, an advocate who loves me, someone who stands with me, who cares about me. He's not asking for my money. He's asking to live inside of me and to direct me and to counsel me, to give me guidance and take me through life. You see, practically, I believe the Holy Spirit in changing us deals with our sin, the guilt, the shame, giving you further direction, guidance, and purpose for your life. All of the things that cause us to feel worthless and meaningless. Listen, if you're feeling worthless and meaningless and you can't get over your past, you need a Holy Spirit in your life. You have repented and some of you are still stuck dealing with things that happened to you, things that you did 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Remind me of who I am and get this out of my life. Change me so I can be bold in the kingdom of God. Practically, we need him to personally deal with our lives. I can't do this without the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, Elijah is on the mountain facing down the pagan prophets of Baal. Remember that? They have failed to call down fire from the idol, uh, from their idol. But Elijah, he just goes up and says, come on. And it, boom. And, and, but, but now it's time to end the drought. Somebody say that. It's time to end the drought. It's time to end the drought. It's time to end the drought. So Elijah looked over at Ahab. And he said, get out of here, King Ahab. Go, go eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Nobody heard it but Elijah. And Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed down on the ground. And I don't know how he did this, but the scripture says he put his face between his knees. All right, now, I, I don't know. I'm not going to try that right now, okay? not going to try it, but I get it. I get it. Sometimes I cannot close out the world enough. You, you hear what I'm teaching you right now? That need to put your face between your knees looks... Something like this at times. It's that feeling of the need to shut out all of the outside voices, all of the people who are making way too much noise. Can I tell you that people have a way of influencing you more than the Holy Spirit does? When the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to you, if you get the wrong people around you, they will be, they will be their, their very sinful nature. And just, just out of their sinful nature, people who you care about will try to manipulate you. You say, oh, that's a problem. No, no, the, the problem is the people. The problem is where your head is. We need to sometimes get to a place where we can shut them out. You see, the Holy Spirit in your life has come to reveal and shape you from the inside out. I need something done in here, not out here. I need it right here. See, there are some things that, that are right in front of you that you can't see. Your wife can't see it. Your husband can't see it. Your, your girlfriend can't see it. I, I remember for myself when the Holy Spirit told me, that I was supposed to marry the woman that I am married to right now. Just settled it in my spirit. Just boom. And then I remember when he told me that I was not going to do what I thought my career was. 
but he was going to use me in ministry for the rest of my life. Gave me some vision of how he was going to do it. And I remember because Diana drove her mom and dad's car to Friendly's restaurant where she worked as the bookkeeper and I was the night manager. She was there doing the books and I got there and I took that letter where the Lord spoke to me and I wrote it all down about what the vision was and how God was going to use us. And I went to that, 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 that LTD Ford and, and I opened up the door and I put it right on her steering wheel and I went to work so that she could read it when she got off work and hear what the Lord was saying to me. And here we are 40 plus years later, here we are preaching the gospel but it was a moment where Holy God, Holy Spirit got into our guts. He, he regularly speaks to me, changing me, convicting me, counseling me. I'm telling you today, last night, Holy Spirit just been dealing with me, reminding me of things, healing me. How many know Holy Spirit will heal you when nobody's praying for you? Anybody know that? He will. He wants to get into your life. He wants to look at that scripture again. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind is conceived. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. But God has revealed it us to, to, to us by his spirit. Sometimes you need to know not just what the Bible says, but what God is saying to you specifically about your situation in your moment. It will agree with the word of God, but be, it will be a word of God from you to you. It's about you and your life and your purpose and God's plan. There's no, there, there's so much the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you, but you need to stop focusing on the demographics and the media graphics and the political graphics and listen to Holy Spirit. I don't know, whoever you are today. In this room right now, Holy Spirit speaking to somebody about healing in your own heart. He's speaking to somebody in this room right now. You know, there are individuals that he would like to heal at this moment. He spoke to me early in the service. Is still here. And that is some of you are struggling so much with the anxiety and the fear. And it has to do with your past. You've struggled with it so much. And Holy Spirit has been wanting to speak to you. He's been wanting to come inside of you and reveal exactly the root of that and help you carry it to the cross of Jesus. He wants to deal with that. He will, if you'll just get quiet and get alone with him and and listen to him and stop listening to everybody else just for a little while. He will come to you. Come on, say it. Come, Holy Spirit. Say it. Come, Holy Spirit. So he's on a mission for you to change you, but he's also on a mission to save the world through you. He said in Matthew 28, the Holy Spirit, I'm saying again, the Holy Spirit is on a mission to save the world. Say that with me. The Holy Spirit is on a mission to save the world. How many believe he wants to save everybody? Anybody know that? He, say, you don't know the people I know. No, he wants to save that reprobate that you work next to. Some of you were that reprobate. Some of you. Where are, where are all the old former reprobates in the house? There you are. God save us. Look at you. He'll save anybody. Jesus said, I have been given authority in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples. Everybody shout, of all nations, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Now, when I, when I tell you this, shout all nations. Would you say that? All nations, all nations. Some, some churches got the name all nations. I love that. I think it's a good name. The, the setting, again, is the Mount of Ascension just before Jesus ascends, and he reminds them one more time, I didn't save you just so you'd feel good and go to church. I saved you so that you would go into all the world. 
And I want you to make people. I want you to multiply. I want you. I'm, you're going to. He told them. You, you read in Acts chapter 1. He said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and stay there until you're endued with power from on high. He said, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. You will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. But they went and they baptized people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But he, he does that. But he says, I want you to make, the, the, to, to, to make disciples. He says, I want you to go into the world. And it suggests that we are given Holy Spirit for the sake of the world. One of the joys of the message of the Holy Spirit is in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2 verse 3. The Bible says, and this is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. You want to read this with me and just rejoice in it? Stop, stop being so messed up by Acts chapter 2, verse 3. Just rejoice in it. Say, yeah, go ahead. Get, 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 come on. Punch somebody nearby. Tell them, come on. We're going to read this. You're not helping me right now. Come on, really, elbow somebody. There you go, there you go. All right. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place, one mind, one accord, and suddenly... There appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. You know what that means? One sat upon each of them. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What does all mean? All. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Not as they gave each other utterance, but as the Holy Spirit on the inside gave them the ability to speak. Now, here's the setting. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. That is one of the goofiest scriptures ever. I'm confused because they're speaking in my language. I've been in South America, and my Spanish, poquito, mire. Espanol poquito. Iglesia Espanol totalmente. Okay? Aleluya. Hay poder, poder, ser igual poder en Jesús. Okay, I know just enough to get myself in trouble, and I have gotten myself in trouble lots of times thinking I knew Spanish. It has happened to me. I won't go into all the stories, but, you know, I try to speak a little Spanish, and they think I speak Spanish, and now I'm there. Here I am. And you say, see, si. baño, where's the bathroom? Okay, anyway, so here's what happened. They are confused because they hear them speaking in their own language. Why are they confused? Their confusion is how is it that these common guys, these fishermen from Galilee who have never been to school, who skipped out a lot of synagogue classes, how is it that these guys are actually standing here telling me the wonderful works of God in a language? I am confused by the power. I am confused by the authority. I am confused because these guys know exactly what's going on in my life. Anybody ever been confused that way? 
The evidence of tongues is something that I have witnessed and experienced, but here we see it as more. It is a declaration to an early church that this message is not just for them. It is for the world, and if you think you can't do it, you give the Holy Spirit an opportunity, and you'll be speaking languages you never spoke to before. I remember when I came to this little church years ago. We, you know, we were a lot smaller. I got to be finished right now. I know. I got to be done. I, I got to be somewhere down the road in just a few minutes, but that was a wall, and that was a door and this didn't exist and a lot of things were different in those particular times and there was not a large crowd in, in 1986, 87, 88, 89 and we didn't need to do two services. We barely needed to do one and, and, and I remember when I assumed the pastor walking around this community and the Lord speaking to me and saying, son, your church doesn't look like my kingdom. Nobody walked up to me and told me that. I'm walking my dog down the street just looking at the neighborhood, and the Holy Spirit says, Son, the church doesn't look like my kingdom. And then he showed me what his kingdom looked like from every tongue, from every tribe, from every nation. He told me that, and I came back and told it to people. Some of them liked it. Some of them left it. You understand what I'm saying? But at the same time, we said it, and here we are today. Here we are today reaching people from every tribe and every tongue and every nation, but it was because God spoke his word. Stand with me. Stand with me. Play some music. I got to finish. Holy Spirit will give you the words. Say that. Tell somebody nearby you. The Holy Spirit will give you the words. Say it. The Holy Spirit will give you the words. Now later in Acts 19. Now we go back to Acts 19. Let's get back to Ephesians. What happened in Ephesus with those good guys who were, who were disciples of John? They got baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Some people think it's just religious terminology. It's not. Because John told his disciples, and, and Paul must have preached this to him. He said, the one who is coming after me is much greater than me. And he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Holy Spirit will give you the words. He will give you the language. He will provide the means because his purpose is clear and his indwelling will enable us to reach everyone everywhere with the gospel of Christ. Anybody ready for this? The Holy Spirit is on a mission, and God is saying to you, did I point at everybody? Because I'm trying to point at everybody. He's saying to you, he's saying to you, don't just play religious games. I'm glad you repented. I want your life changed, but I want to dwell inside of you by my spirit. You ready to receive? Let's receive communion together first, okay? Could we do that? Open the communion cup. Get the wafer in your hand. Jesus told his disciples this. He said, guys, I'm never going to leave you. And I want you to have this meal together. Now, really, probably if we contextually do it, we ought to have a big meal. And then as we finish it up, we ought to have some of this. Okay? So if you want to do it at home, help yourself. Okay? Do it at the restaurant. If you are going over to Guaz, tell them to bring you out some. Have some communion. All right? Just but remember, we are the body of Jesus. The Holy Spirit descended upon him. That was the baptism I want. When Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended and rested upon him and inside of him. Anybody want that baptism? Jesus said, I want you to have what I got. My body is broken for you. Take this bread. This is my body 
which is broken for you. By my wounds, by his wounds, we receive healing. We receive help. I'm a part of Christ. Take the bread and eat it. And then he took the cup and he said, this cup is my blood. Say that with me. This cup is my blood. My blood that's poured out for you. The blood of the new covenant. Take it. Listen. I want all your sins washed away. I want all those things that you can't forget to be washed away. Nothing can do this but the blood of Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, as you receive this, I want you to just welcome Holy Spirit as he deals with the deep areas of your life. Take, holy, take this. This cup is my blood. The blood of the new covenant. Take it and drink it and remember me. Praise you. Let's give thanks for his cup. Thank you for his body. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Swiftly, as swiftly as possible. I, I got any Spirit Life team members here. I need you to come up front and be ready to serve. My Spirit Life team members, come and be ready to serve. I love you guys. Thank you. Get ready to anoint people. We did this somewhat last week, but we want to continue in this today. First of all, there are those in this room who have not truly confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord. You should do that right now. Go ahead and confess him. Say, I confess. I confess. Say, I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord. Some of you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. Anybody believe that that's important? Rededicate your life. And if you would like to rededicate your life, you can start moving forward. There are people here that will pray. You can pray on your own or you can come forward. There are also others in this room that should be filled, baptized with Holy Spirit. Paul laid his hands on them and said, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Be baptized. And these individuals will anoint you and pray for you. If you've got issues in your family, issues in your home, some stuff that you're challenged with, it is good to allow the gifts in others to minister to you. So I want you to know now you can come. You can start moving down towards the front and people will come and baptize and, and pray, pray for you and pray that the baptism of the Spirit would come into your life. Also, I want people to get saved. And since I mentioned that people need to get saved, you know where they are? They're sitting right around y'all. Okay, so... Here's what you do. Before you leave, check with the people that are around you. Ask them about their relationship with the Lord Jesus. Maybe that you could pray with somebody. So either come up here for pray, pray for, pray for somebody back here next to you. But whatever you do, anybody in this room have Holy Spirit inside of them? Go on mission. Go on a mission. The Spirit has come to give you mission. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Go in the power and the grace and the fullness of the Spirit of God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. We still have several altar workers that you can come or you can come and kneel and pray on your own. God bless you all. I can't wait to see you again. Be dismissed as you pray. Amen. God bless you all.